0: Hello, and welcome to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine Holland. Join me every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Remember, this is an open mic where you can join me and speak to the guests and myself by just calling 646-668-8485. You can follow me on any social media, and that's hashtag... Charmaine Holland, and follow PJC Media on podcast platforms anywhere in the world. So today I have a lovely guest. Her name is Dr. Mary Tejera. She is one of the candidates running for California Assembly for District 69 She is amazing. She has been on the forefront for over 20 years as an advocate, helping those who are less privileged in the health industry, working and supporting lives for others. And before I bring her on, I need to take a short break, so I'll be right back. Do not go nowhere.
1: Are you an indie author looking to create audiobooks listeners will love? At The Audio Flow, we handle the entire process, from casting the perfect voice to distribution. Contact us today at 317-927-8770. The Audio Flow, a new way to do audio. If you are an author looking to gain visibility for your book, then Authorshout.com is the place to go. We have a wide variety of affordable products and services to include a member zone.
2: As an author, you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work, but what if someone stole your identity? Protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection. Services include credit monitoring, credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus, social security number, emails, credit cards, bank account monitoring, and social media monitoring from Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call
0: 248-525-7680. Hi, hey guys. We're having some technical difficulties, so I'm going to put you on a break, and I'll be right back.
1: Autism affects one in 68 children sweeping all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups autism is a lifelong brain disorder that leads to untold challenges to the physical financial and social well-being of people with autism and their families resources are stretched thin the Autism Alliance of Michigan a collective voice for families across the entire state uses resources to help families battle challenges right here right now if you or anyone you know needs help navigating the autism journey contact the Autism Alliance of Michigan today 877-463-AAOM or or visit them online at dot org.
0: okay we're back thank you so much for your patience sometimes you know when it comes to technology we have we have no control. So we're back with real talk, real people, real conversation with Charmaine. I have Dr. Mary Tehera. She is running for the California Assembly District 69. We're going to bring her in, and we're going to talk about her journey as running for District 69. So, so Dr. Mary. Dr. Mary, hi. How are you doing hello. today? Hello. Hello, Sorry about hello, this. Charmaine. Hello. How are hey, you? Good to be I'm, here. I'm doing wonderful and yourself.
3: Good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I wanna uh send a warm uh hello to your listeners this uh afternoon, evening. And uh this is Dr. Mary Taheri at your service.
0: Wonderful, thank you so I'm much. Yes, I'm excited for you as well, you know, but because we have a little difficulties here and I know you're still working in the hospital, I'm not going to take all your time. So, but actually a question, I want to ask you, what was your main factor that decided to run for office? Can you share, elaborate?
3: Yes, uh, thank you so much for asking that question. Uh, It's a very important question. We get it asked, you know, as a candidate, you're asked this quite often, And um, it's not one thing, uh, per se, that uh, made me want to run for office. It's multiple uh, reasons and factors. And it's uh, not an overnight thing. I didn't wake up one night, like one day in the morning and said, oh, I'm going to run for office. This is something that I've thought about um, over the years. And I feel that the last three years uh, with COVID and what's happened with you know, having the health and equity on the surface, it's like someone just kind of grabbed and shook me up and said, you know, this is the time. Are you going to do something about it? Or are you going to be, uh, you know, okay with the status quo? And I'm not okay with that. And, you know, as you all are aware, homeless, we, we have a crisis. Homelessness is a crisis. And that's been increasing over 12% just in Los Angeles County alone each year. And so uh, that, along with, uh, you know, other factors, the health inequities in our black and brown communities and uh, uh, health insurance, you know, having coverage, um, you know, not just in California, but across the nation, it's a huge problem. People are dying, uh, you know, a regular like daily, weekly, monthly, yearly because they don't have health insurance coverage. So there's a lot of different factors uh for for me, you know, and why I'm running and I feel that we need somebody with ground, you know, boots on the ground experience and I feel that that person is me when it comes to homelessness, when it comes to housing issues and healthcare issues, you know, those those are our top priority. And there's a lot of bills that are going to be coming down the pipelines, and we need someone with that experience at the decision-making table in Sacramento uh, when when that happens. So um, that's why I'm running.
0: Well thank, well, thank you very much, and we truly appreciate you being on the front floor, helping and knowing all the changes that's taking place. Um, at the state line, so at least we'd be more aware of what's going on. Um, I know you've been working, doing volunteer work, and as well as working with the a vulnerable community for 24 years, especially um, Skid Row. And I know COVID has happened, so I know that has really been a big impact on the work that you do, working with a lot of the vulnerable community. Can you share the work that you was doing with COVID and Skid Row and all that in the past couple of years? Of the changes
4: that affect
3: them. yes, yes. Um,
0: so, um, I
3: started out uh, as an emergency room nurse uh, back in you know March of 1998. Uh, so, I've been doing this, uh, and then the last 17 years as a nurse practitioner, and uh, I have my doctorate from UC San Francisco, my doctorate as a nurse practice, and, um, anyway, so. I've mainly worked in the emergencies and traumas in Los Angeles County locations. Uh, The last 14, 15 years for Department of Health is in Los Angeles County, and uh, the last three years in Skid Row. Most of the hospitals that I worked at, with uh, the exception of uh, Kaiser, um, even with Kaiser, actually Baldwin Park, at that point, it was considered underserved um, area. But mainly I've worked uh, with the veterans, uh, the homeless population, with the undocumented and non-insured. The last three years uh, in Skid Row overseeing um, several thousand clients who were homeless who are now permanently housed. And our team provides wraparound services to these clients to ensure that they will not back into homelessness. And um, and then COVID hit after I had transferred out from the emergency room to Skid Row Housing for Health, 6 months into my new position, COVID hit and I helped open up three quarantine isolation COVID hospitals or sites. And uh, as a clinical commander and um, anyway, hired several hundred clinical teams, nurses, physicians, nurse practitioners, EMTs, and um, very, very blessed to say that I did not have any deaths during my time overseeing these uh, three COVID sites. And uh, just an amazing team, uh, both logistically and clinically, just an incredible team of um, uh, dedicated individuals, And um, my co-partner of uh, the logistics director, uh, Larry Dennis, uh, he led the logistics side towards the end, and I was uh, leading the whole time from March of 2020 until almost September, August, September of 2020. And um, the third site, they said, was one of the largest in the nation, so I'm really proud of it because... You know, it takes an entire team to make that successful, but uh, very humble to have worked with such great uh, team. And um, yeah, and, and that led me to, uh, I guess it was recognized the, the work that I had put in. It was literally nonstop, 24 hours, seven days a week. And um, that uh, SEIU, uh, our union had recognized my work. And they uh, recommended me to be to the Biden-Harris' uh, COVID task team. And that, uh, you know, they, they had asked me to be, if I was interested to be an advisor to Biden and Harris's COVID task team to represent over 1 million frontline workers when it came to COVID. And I actually did encourage and advocated for free testing. Uh, and they did listen. So, uh you know. And and um and now, you know, we're back to doing our regular duties. Um, given thank goodness the the decreased number of COVID compared to initially. It is creeping up but we have to just be vigilant and uh, you know, take care of ourselves and those around us and make sure that we decrease the spread and hopefully we won't see the same Pandemic exam, or anything worse than that.
0: Wow! Wow! You know what? You you have done an amazing job, and I know all the listeners is truly probably saying the same thing. I mean, I just I take my hat and salute all the work that you have done, and and the stuff and the work that you still maintain and to do as still working as a nurse practitioner and trying to run for to be the next. Uh, candidate for District 69, and how has that, right now, where are you at on the polls right now? You know, that's a great question, because I'm not
3: sure if there is any polls or any numbers right now, because uh, June 7th, we're only five days away. Um, I'm just hoping that my dedication to our community, to our state, to our country Will speak for itself, um, and uh, my uh, experience, and you know, I, you know, one thing, Charmaine, I've thought about over the course of running for office is we really, really need individuals that truly believe they are the servant of the community and the voters, the servant. Not one with special interest for their own uh, you know personal satisfaction or gain and and I think it's important because there are not great leaders you know uh, 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 politicians or but we need more um, I feel that there's not enough enough uh, of leaders that have deep deep empathy. Mm -hmm. Empathy is extremely important for leadership. And, um, and I think that's what makes a successful uh, individual like lead, you know, a successful campaign or um, project period is to have a deep empathy. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. You know, Hopefully yes. people are tired of that change.
0: Yes. Well, well, thank you for that question. But right now we have to take a short break, and I'll be right back. And I just want to thank all the listeners for listening, and we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere.
4: Authors, are you looking for a new way to get your book in the hands of new audience of targeted buyers? Then a virtual book tour is for you. Right now, Virtual Book Tours is an excellent opportunity for you to introduce your book and who you are as an author. Launching your book is very important. A virtual book tour will connect you with readers. We at WNL, we specialize in book tours, book blasts, radio tours, cover reveals, and Facebook chat. Promoting and marketing your book is what we do. Online publicity, the exposure and the publicity is what you need. Let us help you reach new readers and a new audience. We take care of everything so you don't have to. We set up the tour for you. We connect you with bloggers to advertise your book by way of interviews, guest posts, and reviews. If you are an author of a newly published book, have an upcoming release, or just want to give a previously published book, New Life, a virtual book tour is your answer check our tours out at www.wnlbooktours.com. Visit me on Facebook. I am the owner, Paulette Harper.
1: If you are an author looking to gain visibility for your book, then Authorshout.com is the place to go. We have a wide variety of affordable products and services to include a member zone that will help you get the word out about your book. Our team here at Authorshout.com specializes in creating stunning digital products to include book banners, teaser videos, book trailers, book covers, and a whole lot more. So what are you waiting for? Stop by Authorshout.com today and let our team connect you with a world of new readers.
0: Hi, and welcome back to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation. I have Dr Mary Tejero, who's running for california assembly for district sixty nine and we're gonna bring mary back on so Mary so Mary, thank yeah, you very much hi. for holding so thank thank you for holding so hey, based on your last question, you were talking about leadership and ask the question, what <laughs> makes you such a powerful leader in the in in, in the work that you're doing
3: you know To me, I feel, again, uh, as I had mentioned, those who are leading a team or a group are only as good or as excellent as their team members. And empathy is extremely important to be empathetic. And uh, respectful, uh, you know, and all of that, and and listen, listen to your your voters, listen to your team team members, and all of that. I believe that it comes from your upbringing and your experiences in life. Um, my I was born in New York. Uh, my father was a surgeon, so you could say that. Yes, sure. I was born into. A comfortable privileged life Uh, you know uh, after when I was two years old my parents originally came from Afghanistan and my father was practicing as a surgeon and OBGYN in New York when I was two they went back to Afghanistan and obviously I was two years old I went with them they took me with them and my brother who's about a year older than I am at that point four years later in Afghanistan the Russians invaded, uh, formerly known as the Soviet Union. And my father was the health minister of Kandahar at that point, of a province named Kandahar, and also did surgery and continued as an ob And when he repeatedly refused to join the communist regime, he was targeted and also being connected with the U.S., Uh, because of his education with uh, Columbia University and um, uh, also with uh, working in the U.S. and having that type of relationship, he was assassinated uh, when I was seven years old. My brother was a year older than I am, and at that point we had a younger sister who was four years old, and she was assassinated by the Russian military. My father and my mother so all overnight just gone and it was devastating not just for my brother and I as as children to become orphans but also for my entire family and that was the turning point for my entire family relatives my grandparents and aunts and uncles to say we're done we need to leave before you know they come after everybody all, all of our families and overnight My brother and I were smuggled out of the country into Pakistan, uh, literally with just the clothes that we had on. And I have to tell you that at a very young age of seven, it was uh, devastating, but also I grew up pretty quick, you know, from traveling the world, having chauffeurs and chefs, to coming returning back to the U.S. Uh, myself as a U.S. citizen, my brother and my grandparents, and my uncle as war refugees, being raised on government assistance, being poor, really, literally being on the poor side. And I remember I started working when I was 11, 12 years old, and I swore to myself that when I'm, once I'm old enough to be able to stand on my own two feet that I will give back to our society, to our country, to our people, what the opportunity that was given to me, uh, you know, growing up, uh, being able to have healthcare, Medi-Cal, and have, you know, having some money for, you know, from welfare or whatever. and And that's very important. Government, you know, assistance is important. So that individuals can become self-reliant and not everyone is able mentally or physically to be uh, self-reliant. So we have a responsibility um, as, uh, you know, humanity as a country to give back to those who need um, our assistance and that experience and then working, volunteering most of my adult years um, and homeless shelters or, you know, with the uh, internationally and nationally raising funds and being involved with the orphanages and hospitals and uh, widows from war-torn countries such as Afghanistan uh, and Mexico, uh, volunteering my services, or in Morocco, um, or the shelters, homeless shelters in Pomona and Los Angeles. And... Um, yeah, so so it's a lot of different things, factors that take in, you know, that come into mind when we're, you know, when I when we're talking about leadership or leading the right causes
1: mm-hmm. and
3: helping. Uh, hopefully, once I do uh, get elected, is my plan is to help move our state forward mm-hmm. with the agenda of uh, uh, improving our homelessness crisis, our healthcare issues and crisis, and our housing. Mm -hmm. So those are,
0: yeah. Well, well, well. Definitely, my condolences go out to you and your family. I know it had to be easy. I know it had to be hard as a young child growing up and never, you know, getting that moment back to be with the parents. But I will say, I know your parents is looking down on you for all the hard work and carrying that legacy that they have left for you to keep moving forward and helping humanity and helping the state with all these changes that you want to do. And Speaking of the houses, and uh, I looked at your bio and your tenant protection that you want to do for um, making the changes to move the state forward. And I know you mentioned about um, homeless being 12% has increased with your um, yeah. moving forward with the housing and the tenant protection. Can you tell us a little bit of how we can see the change that take place if you are elected? Yes. Yes. Um... So
3: my thoughts, you know, it's really important. First of all, we are one of the wealthiest countries in the world and one of the most powerful countries in the world. There's absolutely no reason why we have one single homeless individual experiencing homelessness on the street. It just, it it should not be. It should not be. And, um, you know, growing up, I mean, you remember in the 80s, this, this is not what we grew up. What our kids are seeing, my kids are seven and nine, what they're seeing now, that's not what we saw when I was their age. And, you know, I want to make sure that we never, first of all, you know, I understand that some years or decades were better than others, but it's time to move forward because there were a lot of, there might have been some good moments or decades or years, but then look at the last three years, how the health inequities came to surface. So there's a lot of work for us to do to move forward and improve You know, our homelessness. We have got to provide permanent support housing. The way I look at this issue is I hear a lot of politics, you know, um, politicians, individuals in power or in, in seats say, oh, yes, we're going to do the temporary housing, the shelters, shelters, shelters. And it's really putting a bandaid over an eroding, eroding wound. Because what I want to do is remove that Band-Aid and get to the bottom of what is causing that eroding wound that is eventually going going to go into the bloodstream and cause you know major substance and kill may kill the individual mm-hmm. we need to get to the bottom of the problem there are so many layers of why this has happened what can we do to m- improve things and move forward this will take partnership, and collaboration on state and local levels. This is not something I'm, yeah, oh, I am this miracle worker and I'm going to come and snap my fingers and overnight things will be great. No, I am realistic. Correct. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, the the ones that have been in in power and in the seats and making decisions, This is why we are facing the issues that we're facing today. Mm -hmm. Certain individuals that had the opportunities over and over and over again to improve the situation dropped the ball again and again. So what we need to do is come and clean house and make sure that things are done the right way. state Uh and local levels are held accountable and there's transparency where the funds are going how is it being spent we need to create permanent housing permanent housing is the way to keep these the individuals that are uh, experiencing homelessness there's a lot of mental health issues Charmaine there's a lot of substance use issues we cannot treat the individuals on the streets We have to have permanent housing in order for them to be treated successfully. And we've seen this in my practice that even with temporary housing, it doesn't work or shelters. You have to have these individuals permanently housed, provide wraparound services. That's how we're going to make a difference and decrease these numbers and make sure that it never spikes up and continues to increase as it is right now every year, 12%. the last three years this is Mm. not acceptable
0: Mm -hmm. I totally agree Mm
3: -hmm. we affordable housing I mean most of us my gosh uh, you know I consider myself I've worked hard to be where I'm at Mm -hmm. and I'm still drowning financially still Mm -hmm. drowning financially why is because we have student loans of you know hundreds of thousands of dollars we have housing issues we have you know who can afford on a fifty thousand dollar a year that's the average american a thirty to fifty thousand a year salary how can you afford in california you know a even a eight hundred thousand dollar or a million dollar house it's just it's we have got to build more housing that's affordable And, um, you know, and then I have my plans in detail that Mm -hmm. I would like to uh, put in place once I'm in Sacramento. I want to roll up my sleeves literally the first day that I'm sworn in,
0: Uh the first
3: day after I'm sworn in. I want to roll up my sleeves and get to work. There's a
4: lot of work ahead of us.
0: I totally hear you. And you know what? First of all, I want to say thank you for your honesty about there is funds and there should be no homeless people in the United States, you know, in California, anywhere. And you know what? When you talk about your children, I mean, I'm in Orange County, and I see – homeless people just on a sidewalk and I was growing up. I have never experienced that. And I could just imagine little kids looking at mom and dad while they driving and like, mom, why is this man on the street? You know, time has changed and it doesn't make no sense. So I thank you very much for your honesty saying that we do have money to make changes where there should not be any homelessness whatsoever. And I'm glad that you're working among, when you do become elected, you will be working among more people and hopefully like-minded people where we can yeah. help see less of the homeless people, you know. And right now with the economy, I mean, the gas price is increasing, the food price is increasing. Oh, I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, I went to go to the store to just get some deodorant. They want $10. I was like, wow. wait a minute, what is going on? So, um, man, I, I, well, did, I, I, I you know,
3: Charmaine, it's interesting because the, uh, recent news in May that came out, um, regarding the surplus that in California, we're looking at over $97 billion in surplus. Okay. And so we can't, we don't have the details of it, but we do have that there is a budget surplus when it comes to California's,
2: mm-hmm. um,
3: you know, that's predicting over $97 billion. So we can't sit there and say, oh, well, we don't have, you know, the the funding. Let's utilize the funding properly. Let's not, uh, you know, as certain individuals, let's not uh, give these contracts to our friends and families and who are maybe qualified, maybe not qualified, but given, giving them, At a really high, high rate, there's a lot of things that we need to look at. Let's make Mm -hmm. sure that our people, our voters, are taken care of first and foremost, okay? That's what we are there for in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I – it's important who is going to get the contracts and how qualified are they and what, how much money are we giving these developers? So Mm -hmm. I understand that there's a a lot of red – Hates when it comes to local uh, officials uh, because, uh, yes, there are times when they get pushbacks from, uh, you know, not building this or that and this, you know, here or there in the city, but at the same time, if we all collaboratively work together, mm-hmm. there's ways, you know, it, we, we need to just put Republican and Democrat nonsense talk aside. We are in a middle of crisis look at look at what's happening with our country the shooting the horrible horrible sure. anger and hatred we need to put that aside we are all american first let's come together as brother and sister and and do something together yeah. to to show not just ourselves, our, our children and our future generation but the world and say well, no we are the greatest country that is known to be the greatest country. And now more than ever, we need that. You know, we need to come together and um, and work together and, and move forward.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Mary, thank you very much for answering that question. But well, I'm going to have to take a break, so I'll be right back. Listeners, thank you very much for listening. And I'll be right back. Do not go nowhere. Thank you.
1: in 68 children sweeping all racial, ethnic, and socioeconomic groups. Autism is a lifelong brain disorder that leads to untold challenges to the physical, financial, and social well-being of people with autism and their families. Resources are stretched thin. The Autism Alliance of Michigan, a collective voice for families across the entire state, uses resources to help families battle challenges right here, right now. If you or anyone you know needs help navigating the autism journey, contact the Autism Alliance of Michigan today, 877-463-AAOM, or visit them online at a a o m i org
2: as an author you understand the devastation of someone plagiarizing your work but what if someone stole your identity protect yourself and your family with identity theft protection services include credit monitoring credit reports and scores from all three credit bureaus social security number emails credit cards bank account monitoring and social media monitoring from facebook Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. For more information, call two four eight five two five seven six eight zero.
0: Welcome back to Real Talk, Real People, Real Conversation with Charmaine. Today I got Dr. Tehera, and she is running for California Assembly District sixty nine, and so I'm gonna bring her back on, and we're having a wonderful conversation about the changes that she's gonna make in California. So, Dr. Mary, are you there? I'm here. Oh, awesome. Thank you very much for holding for our <laughs> break. And so based on the last question that we were talking about, you mentioned about shelter. And, you know, I want—I have a friend that I was talking to about a month ago, and she was just telling me that she was um, living, you know, during the time of Katrina. And um, she said she just got permanent housing she said it took them 10 years to find her and her family housing and she had seven children and she said she was fighting teeth and nail with them because she knew what she wanted she knew where she wanted to go but they didn't make it a priority so I know you mentioned about shelter the government paying more money on shelter than it is for looking for permanent housing for people
3: you know, um, I, I don't know the exact cost, but I'll tell you that it, it makes more sense to have permanent support housing. Um, you know, and they're saying that it costs per person, per unit, somewhere between six to $800,000 to, uh, to build this. And um, Los Angeles, uh, They you know, they had mentioned that. And for me, when, when I'm looking at both, it makes. I mean, to me, it's, again, it's at how much the shelters cost, most likely it will be more effective if we have permanent support housing for mm-hmm. so many different reasons. Because again, here, if you do add everything that I'm saying together, definitely mm-hmm. permanent support housing will be more, or you know, uh, more effective and less costly. And here's some of the reasons. First. Just, not just the the fact that, you know, the cost may be more at a shelter than, than permanent support housing, but uh, because I don't know the exact numbers. Mm-hmm. But what I will tell you, if you are dealing with individual uh, individuals who are experiencing homelessness and if they have substance use issues, if they have mental health issues, and most of them chronic medical conditions, Mm-hmm. Treating them is almost impossible to have, you know, long-term effects if they are uh, in a shelter versus a permanent support housing. To be successful in treating them when it comes to substance use and mental health and physical health, again, you have to have a, uh, you know, a, a permanent house. Mm-hmm. And um, so that they, that's less stress on them. Here's the other reason: most of the individuals may not be able to follow up if they are unsheltered, unhoused, or Mm -hmm. if they're in a shelter. It may be more difficult to follow up with regular primary care provider clinic appointment, and they end up in the emergency room instead of having preventive care, and that Mm -hmm. cost that's more 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 costly to the taxpayers and uh, to the government and it is more it it is overwhelming the emergency departments across the nation because you mm-hmm. have individuals doing emergency room visits and we may be missing the really critical emergent urgent care uh, you know emergent situations or patients right. because we're mm-hmm. so overwhelmed and the long the the waits are longer and so it, it's it's a lot of different factors, not just money in one you know a shelter versus a permanent home a housing. You you have to look at you know a lot of different uh, issues and that surround that. Okay, okay. okay. And okay. you know, for me, healthcare is a fundamental mm-hmm. right. It's mm-hmm. a fundamental right. No one should be denied their insulin or or, or skip their medication. I've had so, I have so many stories over the decades mm, I can of imagine. how individuals, you know, their blood pressure is not controlled, their sugar is not controlled, and they may lose a limb because of the uncontrolled. Not because client or adhering to it. It's because <laughs> some of them can't afford it for yes, exactly. the medication, so they're yes. saving their medication like to make sure it lasts them this long because they can't afford to pay the payment. Or you know, other costs when it comes to health care,
1: and uh, you know
3: I would love to see everyone in California be covered uh with when it comes to health care um, and and imagine how many individuals uh stay in a job because of health care insurance solely mm-hmm. because of health care and and it, and it's not a conducive place or environment for them because maybe they're not happy uh and in that environment, and it affects their well-being, their family or loved one's well-being because they're not happy, but they have to stay because they need that health insurance, because they've been diagnosed with whatever, you know? Absolutely, yes.
0: yes, And and you know what, and you're so right about that. I have met so many people who are stressed on a job and want to leave, but they can't leave, or they don't, or they're afraid of leaving because of health care You know, they don't know exactly, exactly how they're going to cover any bills if they get sick. I had one girlfriend have had problems with exactly. her knees. And she said, Charmaine, I need knee surgery, but my doctor won't, you know, let me, you know, have the knee surgery until I lose some weight. And the only way I'm going to lose the weight, I have to work at this job because I need health care. You know, my mother, okay. she's she, from a young age, she's been having bronchitis, asthma. So my mother has to get a primitine mist that costs her calls her $300 every month and she's like 80 something wow. years old and it's funny because it seemed like the seniors their health insurance is more expensive their medical their, yeah. their, their, their their medication is more expensive and I don't get it I'm thinking these people well not these people but the seniors have have paved the way for us and here it is we increasing high cost for them for them to survive and live and then then you know families can't afford to be able to take care of their mom and dad, so then they put them in a nursing home only because of the cost, because of the health care, their medication i mean it's 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 ridiculous, so I understand what you're saying, and I know that you see all the stuff that happened, and I see why you want to get out there and make a change and you know i' want, we only got about fifteen minutes left, but you know for any I know you mentioned about leadership for other people who want to take on this role and make a change and stand up. What type of channels would you recommend them of doing to be able to run for office like you're doing? Wow. You know, um, I, I hope that by
3: me running, I hope that um, there are more women and women of color who are inspired or empowered to run for office. And I hope that there are more nurses and nurse practitioners and healthcare providers that say, wow, you know, if Mary can do it, then we can do it. Because I would love to see, um, you know, more, even men, good men that want to do the right thing and women that want to do the right thing and be the true servants of humanity and their, their voters. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not as easy as it may appear. Uh, There's, so much that goes into it um, Charmaine uh, mm-hmm. it, it costs a lot of money it costs a lot of money to run for office and to make it um, at a certain level um, mm-hmm. with your campaign and uh, you know it needs a lot of fundraising uh, and, and some money out of your own pocket and you know I hope I hope that we change that one day so that mm-hmm. everyone who is truly qualified um, is running, not those with money and, and, and contacts and connections. Um, So uh, yeah, it's just, it takes a lot of dedication and, um, and just keep pushing forward. You're going to get so much resistance when, because you're not, you know, your, your parents are not connected. Uh, Yeah. I don't have, my parents are not here so i don't have mm-hmm. that connection with mm-hmm. you know politicians for generations or for decades um or those that are uh, that could be currently in office mm-hmm. um, in other office that are running uh, you know if you want to run for state senate or for congress but you know it, it just it it takes a lot it, if you my recommendation is that don't ever give up where there's a will, there's a way i've always lived by that just keep pushing through keep pushing through um and uh, you know mm-hmm. follow follow your heart and, and be persistent um and the, you know run for local office and uh-huh. see if this is what you want to do if you're interested um it, it may be difficult uh, almost impossible to say out of nowhere uh, just one day and say I, you know what i want to be a congresswoman or a congressman it may be challenging because name recognition is you know sadly or yeah. not sadly that's what voters look for and uh and instead of you know, what we need to do. And I'm, I'm guilty of it over the years. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. now in the last like several years, I will not just look at, you know, who my union has endorsed. So then I can, I want to use my own brain, my own, you know, my own decision-making and read up from different sources Mm -hmm. and regarding that individual when, when I'm voting, I want to do that because, you know, we we have to um, inform ourselves before voting to me is really, really important. It took yep. us women, you know, just not long ago uh, until not long ago when we couldn't even vote. So, mm-hmm. so you know, just once you make that decision, uh, find get involved with the different local political groups that you're interested in, mm-hmm. um, you know, And get involved with the community, Uh, put yourself out there. You've got to put yourself out
0: there. Well, well, that that definitely sounds like another conversation and another topic that we'll have. And I appreciate you even just sharing the information that you did share. So what, so right now, we got 10 minutes left. We're going to wrap it up. And so how do people follow you? What is your social media tag? Um, how can people help and, you know, get the word out about you and how those who haven't voted by June 7th, you know, what, can, what, what would you recommend them to do to be able to get the numbers out so you can be the, the one who is running for District 69?
2: So
3: that I can win, you mean, right?
0: Yes, (laughs) you can win. Yes, I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) Uh, Oh, no, I'm giving you a hard time. Um, So uh, Mary Tahiri, the number four, assembly.com. So Mary Tahiri, M-E-R-R-Y-T, like Tom, A-H-E-R-I. Mary Tahiri, the number four, assembly.com. And if you do go to my website, if you scroll down, all of my social media, um, our campaign social media is on there, and um, you can send us, and including our email. So uh, you can connect with us if you have any questions. If you want to have a conversation or, uh, you know, a meet and greet, it may be a little too late because we only have five days, but mm-hmm. please, if you do agree with what you have heard today from um from me and uh if you agree with our campaign and once you do read up a little uh, uh on our uh, social media and our website uh we would really appreciate your support and voting for mary Harry district 69 assembly uh state assembly district 69 in um, california that includes long beach Carson, Signal Hill, and Avalon. Again, Long Beach, Carson, Signal Hill, and Avalon, District 69, a state assembly. And we would appreciate it and share with others. If you could share it with one other voter, we're grateful. Thank you so much for hey. having me. Thank you, Charmaine.
0: Oh, Thank you for the listening. Well- You're more more than welcome. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Mary, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to interview you. It is always an honor to have you in my presence and for me to work beside you. If you ever need me to do anything, you know I'm here for you. And They always say change will only happen when we decide to stand up and make a change. So You are tremendously making a change. Keep doing what you do. Um, Things will definitely change. Um, People will follow you, and I definitely follow you every single day. So with that being said, I just want to just close up. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, darling. Thank you. For those who don't know me, I am a motivated speaker, a spiritual life coach, a chaplain, and an author. My focus is to have real conversation that's relevant with life issues to uplift, empower, motivate towards stimulating our thinking towards living authentically where we're able to stand in our truth. It has been an honor um, to be able to have you here and my listeners, so I thank you. To learn more about me, you can visit me at Holland and a c h a r m a i n e holland h o l l a n d dot com. And again, Mary, I want to say thank you. Um, you can follow me hashtag Charmaine Holland. Join me every Thursday right here at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can call 646-668-8485. Mary, thank you very much, and take care, and I will see you all next Thursday. Stay safe, stay blessed, and stay in the light. Bye-bye.